Hi there. Welcome. I am so happy that you're here. I'm excited and delighted to introduce you to one of our Sons of Helaman clinicians, Tyler Dustin from Rexburg, Idaho. Right, Tyler? Yes. The, the cold north. <laughs> yes. I, I'm familiar with the cold north and, you know, Rick's College. When BYUI used to be Rick's College. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, such a great place. I love that area. It is a wonderful community, for sure. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about you and what brought you to Rexburg and what you do there and about your family and your hobbies, things like that. Awesome. I will. So I'm originally from Logan, Utah. Wow. Uh, lovely Cache Valley. That's, that's where I call home, although Rexburg is closely becoming home. So I lived in and grew up in Logan, cheered for the Aggies growing up. I went to, well, served a mission in Vancouver, British Columbia, but I was Chinese speaking. So that was a really unique experience. There was only six of us missionaries that spoke Chinese. So got back from my mission and went to Utah State for a couple of years. And then I was introduced to a pretty young lady on a blind date and ended up at the University of Utah. She was there on scholarship. So I, I went down, made the sacrifice. So I, uh, we got married and both graduated from the University of Utah. And then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. At the time, I wanted to teach seminary. And that uh, I taught for nine months and was not hired. It was during the, the recession. And, and so then I had to try to figure out, well, now what do I want to do? And I started working as a job coach for the Deseret Industries and spent five years there. In the meantime, I decided I wanted to get into the counseling aspect of things. So I went back to Utah State. This time we were back in Logan. I went back to Utah State and I got my master's in rehabilitation counseling. So then I was eligible for a promotion to a vocational counselor with Deseret Industries. And there happened to be an opening in Portland, Oregon. So I took my family and there were three of us at the time, my wife and I and, and a young baby, and went to Portland, Oregon, and spent some time up in, in Oregon. And I always wanted to get back home, knew that Oregon wasn't going to be home forever. And so an opportunity came available for Rexburg. And I love Yellowstone. Talk about hobbies. I'm a wildlife photographer. So I spent lots of time in Yellowstone. And even joking, when we were first married, I told my wife, if there's ever anything in Rexburg, then I want to live there. And she laughed because she does not like the cold. <laughs> and uh, fate would have it that the Lord landed us in Rexburg. So I've been here for three and a half years now and have a family of five. I've got five kids. My oldest is a, a girl. She's 11. Uh, and then I've got another daughter who's nine, a son who's seven, another daughter who is five, and then my youngest is a girl, and she just turned two. So my poor boy is sandwiched between two girls on each side. So he and I, there are times when we just need some some guy time. 
So we'll, we'll wrestle or, or do something that helps get some of his aggression out. My wife is always amazed at how different our boy is from our, our daughters. One time when he was young, he just went up and he punched one of our daughters in the shoulder. And my wife's like, why did you do that? I'm like, nah, he's a boy. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's a little bit about me. Any questions? Oh, that's so amazing. What a cool miracle for you to have a desire in your heart to think that, hey, I just really, I think it'd be really fun to live by Yellowstone. And <laughs> there you landed. Yeah. And so amazing, your mission, like Columbia, British Columbia, I would have never even put Chinese in that mission. Right. If you've if you've ever been to Vancouver, you, you'll notice that there are a lot of Chinese. It's China, you know, is communist. And so a lot of people try to leave China. And Canada is very open to anybody wanting to come there. So a lot of the Chinese will end up in, in Vancouver or Toronto. And there's even missions in Melbourne, Australia, and some South America Chinese-speaking missions. So it's, it's cool. You know, as you look at the gospel being taught to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, and you don't realize how many members of the church are Chinese and that there is the gospel is being preached to them. And I tell you, I, I can't describe the emotional experience I had when President Nelson announced a temple in Shanghai. Just incredible. The, the work is moving forward. That is amazing. Wow. Now, is that the temple he announced where he also advised everybody to just know this isn't the tourist temple? <laughs> is that the one? Yep, that's the one. And large reason because it's communist. And so they don't want any proselyting. If somebody's joined the church from outside of China, then they can attend, but they don't want any proselyting happening in China. So there are actually people who will go across the border to Hong Kong hear all the discussions, get baptized, and go back to China. That is incredible. You know, I actually had that thought as I was processing through that after that session of conference and thinking, okay, if they can't hear the gospel there, and it's a, how they have enough people that have a temple there. So you just described that to me. Oh, and, and I, there was a bishop I worked with that he went back to China. For work and spent some time there so there's people all over going back and preaching the word wow and all that yeah just because you have a love for those people and understand the culture and what that dynamic looks like and how the lord is doing his work even in a situation like that and then yeah i bet you just have a connection with even you know your love for our prophet because he's so connected to that yeah. culture and did so much work. Yeah, it, it's incredible how much work he's done and even his inspiration to learn Chinese. Just, he's an incredible, <laughs> incredible inspiration. Yeah, who just all of a sudden decides, well, I guess somebody in some meeting in my, well, I was <laughs> 70 or something said, you probably better learn another language. So I thought of this one and I asked my wife, right? If she'd be okay if we tried learning that. Yeah, just incredible. I don't think we should 
doubt just funny little thoughts that make no sense. What do you think? Right. <laughs> That's kind of what led me to Sons of Helaman, actually. Good. And tell me. Yeah. I okay. had a, a coworker of mine. We were in a large meeting down in Salt Lake and, and I was talking to him. And he and I had worked together, but then I went to Portland and now Rexford. So we were just kind of catching up and I said, his name's Sam Brown. He's a counselor. And I, I said, Sam, wh- what have you been up to? How you been? And he says, I'm a bishop <laughs> and, and it's been a lot of work. And, and I asked him about it. He, he had a practice on the side and asked him how that was going. And he mentioned some of the Helaman. And I said, that sounds very amazing. That sounds like a, a phenomenal program. And he says, as a bishop, it's been a lifesaver. And I said, well, what does it take? What are they looking for? And he said, well, let me, let me connect you to Cody Haas. So Cody and I began talking. And when I talked to Cody, he was pretty excited because there were no counselors in Rexburg at the time. There was no groups being held. And so I have my full-time job with Desert Industries and just thought, well, I can do a group on the side and try to get this going in Rexburg. And so here I find myself almost two years later, it'll be two years of May where I've had a group uh, going here in Rexburg. Well, and you know, Rexburg, you just think that's a college town where so many people are trying to live amazing lives and get on with their dreams, right? Right. And- yeah. So it seems like there should be like 12 groups in Rexburg. <laughs> so, you know, as far as LDS addiction recovery goes, or family service addiction recovery, there are numerous groups up on campus. As part of my job, I work with bishops. They refer individuals to me who are have employment needs. And often we talk about other needs. And these bishops just tell me how overwhelmed they are with the number of young men and young women who are struggling with this addiction and, you know, not knowing where to turn for, for resources and to have the answer to say, Hey, sons of Helaman, you know, send them to us, daughters of light. Let's, let's do what we can to help them out. That's so good. Wow. So have you found with that process of having a relationship there and then having an answer to a need that they referred from those bishops in Rexburg. Is that like, I'm just wondering. Yeah. So I, what I found a lot is that a bishop will say, Oh, I've, I've read that book. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I, I talked to a bishop who said, yeah, I just ordered 20 of those books. And so, you know, they're familiar with the book. And when I talk to them about the group, they're not as familiar. They're, and they're kind of in a situation where they can't provide financial welfare, but they can, you know, they counsel the young men and let them know the, the resources available. And so I've had some young men inquire, but I, I, to be honest, I don't think I'm even scratching the surface of, of the need here in Rexburg. Oh, well, you know, I certainly hope that the, the spirit will distribute this podcast everywhere. And, and any woman or any man, any mom or dad who understands the difficulty of someone just trying 
to figure this out and how much shame is, is involved. Being someone who's so good, who wants so many wonderful goals, but being in a stuck place, not having a resource that really can help and do what Sons of Healing or Daughters of Light can, that they would pass this on to you. Because yeah, Rexburg, there's a need there. There's a lot of amazing, our, our, a lot of our children are there. Right. Um, trying to do amazing things and if this is something that they struggle with we got to tell them send them to tyler right. he's there he's right there. we have a resource let's use it i was talking with one of my guys the other day and and he let me know that he and his roommate had been talking and, and his roommate was just just struggling just depressed and not sure what to do or where to go and he said, I, I could tell that, that he had an addiction, but didn't want to bring it up. And because there's that shame, right? We right. can't talk about it because <laughs> nobody deals with this but me, right? Which is so not true. And so he, he actually brought it up with his roommate and said, hey, I struggle with this and I've been going to a group and here's the things that we've been learning and just had a really good discussion with his roommate and like you say, there's lots of these young men coming from all around and coming here. They're away from home. They're, they're scared. They're, it's a new experience for them. And uh, they, they don't know where to turn for help. And, and to be able to provide the resource for them has been, has been truly a blessing. Truly. Oh, wonderful. So Tyler, why would you say Sons of Helaman is a successful program? And what gives you confidence in the program so there's a number of things that i feel that make it a successful program the one being and and this is the one that really pulled on my heartstring was every group we asked the question why do you fight and being a huge captain Roni fan and having made my own title delivery out of deer skin i was very drawn to this and excited what does this mean? Why do you fight? And so as I dove into that, better understood that if the young man cannot figure out a reason for fighting, they're going to struggle. And so if we can help them develop within them this innate desire to fight, to fight Satan, to fight the adversary, to find joy in their life, to find that hope. And if we can get them there, then we really start to see some progress. I've seen in my groups that as I challenge young men, why do you fight? And I get a weak answer, a canned answer. Then, you know, we work with them on that as they develop within themselves a reason for fighting and can truly live off of that and gain a testimony, I guess you could say, of, of why they fight. Miracles start to happen. They, they start, things start to click. They start to want to do the manpower goals they want to come to group they want to share because they know that if they do these things that they can find success and overcome this addiction so that's been a, a key to me i've seen young men who have never really caught the vision of why they fight and have struggled and eventually left group but those who catch the vision who know why they fight who take the time to ponder and pray and truly find out why they fight, those young men 
are the ones that, that are winning their battles. They're the ones that, that are able to find what we call warrior chemistry within themselves to be able to fight the battles. Ah, so good. Yeah, and don't we all? Life can get so foggy and weary because it's so stretchy, right? It, even though we have so much truth, it really does. That's something, you know, as a mom of the Sons of Helaman, I have just have found so much value in realizing that I, I have to find that within me. You know, we all do. And I think that that's really one of the things I've loved about watching my son in Sons of Helaman and who's, you know, several years grown up since he was in Sons of Helaman. But it was, yeah, watching this ferocity awaken in him that was connected to his identity, his divine identity. Of course, I'm going to fight. I was born to do this. And, you know, I'm not going to let some old man just steal this cheap from me. Do you know what I mean? It was just <laughs> so good. Yeah. Well, and I love how you mentioned tying into that identity. And that's, that's what I really try to get my guys to do is, you know, we talk about patriarchal blessings often and say, read it, figure it out, understand it. Elder Bednar tells us that, that the best way to, to fight this addiction is by truly understanding who we are. If we understand that we are sons and daughters of Heavenly Father, the better we understand that, the better able we are to fight the addiction. I, I use that in my life all the time. I get up to get my scripture study done in the morning. Why do I fight? Why do I want to get up? I, I think we can relate that to, to everything as we work and, and fight our battles. And, and Karen, I'm so glad you, you mentioned that because as parents, why not have reasons for fighting yourself and, and talk with your son or daughter and say, hey, why do you fight? This is why I fight. And it can be a really great bonding experience and you can help your your children know that hey i'm invested in this too we all have things we need to work on it's that shame right yeah let's get rid of the shame we we all have things we struggle with we've all heard that you know if we showed up to church and we all smelled like smoke if our sins smelled like smoke it would stink so you know it's we got to get rid of this shame and, and help our youth understand that they're not alone and and there are resources and there's help in getting out of it. Yeah, it's so good. It's like an awakening to what the gospel of Jesus Christ is all about, what we enlisted to do in the first place, you know, to come here in this training ground, this battleground, but it's such a training that we didn't come here to just be in a torture chamber. I mean, <laughs> we came here to to fight and to live and to choose and to use our agency on purpose, but we can lose sight of that vertical view under Heavenly Father's plan. I love Sons of Human for that reason, how it awakens the identity of these warriors and just kind of ignites this, oh, welcome to earth. You have just discovered one of your important missions yeah, because uh, that's one thing I've noticed is we all just feel so sad and we feel like we're all going to die when we find out that our <laughs> child is struggling with this. But I have been doing this for so long. Tell me if you agree that 
I think there's purpose in these noble and great ones being caught in pornography and masturbation and sexual self-mastery, those kinds of things that they're dealing with and learning how to be a covenant person trying to be on the path, but also knowing what a pit looks like Yeah, and, and getting yeah. out of the pit. Like there's some God's purpose in that for future people coming after them. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I tell my guys all the time, those who are working on going on a mission and those who are back from missions. And I say, I want you to ask any one of your peers, Hey, are you working on six different goals on a daily basis? And how consistent are you on those six goals? <laughs> There's not any out there that, that are doing it unless they're in the program. And, and, and so how, how amazing is it that these young men are working on these manpower goals, six different goals throughout, throughout their day, trying to be as consistent as they can on, on reaching those goals. And, and especially these pre-missionaries who will now then go out on a mission and be like, I know how to set goals. I know how to prioritize my time. And they're so much better prepared. And, and they understand how to fight Satan, how to overcome adversity. And they learned it through pornography, masturbation, addiction. Others learn it through other addictions. But we all have our own struggles. And I love some of the Helaman as a, as a self-mastery course. Wow, yeah. I'm so glad you pointed out that it's not just about sexual self-mastery. It's about human self-mastery. I mean, it's about that there's, they gain so much more value in this program than just sexual self-mastery. We only deal with this, with this <laughs> pornography problem. Like it's creating, it's like a man training. Yeah. A warrior training, right? Yeah. And that's why I love that Captain Maroney, he was telling these warriors, get off of your couches and let's get out here and let's fight. Why do you fight? Come on. Here's some reasons. Let's get up and do this. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I'd have any young men in, in the group, uh, even if they don't have an addiction to pornography or masturbation. There's all sorts of addictions out there. There's video game addiction, cell phone addiction, you know, and that's been one of the huge takeaways. For me, I went into this without, you know, any real selfish intent of wanting to help out. And I've gotten so much out of the program from these young men. And the examples that they've given me and helped me in overcoming some of my addictions and some of my struggles. That's excellent. That's so good. One of the things that I know that you do in group is I know that you use a captain's log and there's a certain format that you do and sons of healing and you teach a lesson. And in the lessons in the sons of healing groups, they're like, they have eternal warrior principles that are really meant for anybody. But what would you share from us specifically from maybe one of those eternal warrior principles that would benefit not only just the guy in the group, but anybody listening? Yeah. Like you say, there's a lot of great principles in there. One that I really like and I share often with people is the truth principle, the acronym truth. So the T is to terminate the lie. What lie is Satan telling you? What would he have you believe? And then you restore the truth. You know, say, I, I am worthy. 
I am a, a son of my heavenly father. Even if we don't believe it, we, we need to at least say it. And then the U is to unite with God. Get on our knees, say a prayer, say a prayer in our heart, do something, get in the scripture, do something to unite with God. And then TH is for this is my body. Do something physical to let Satan know that, hey, I got a physical body. You don't. I can do this. You can't. And I also believe that exercise, doing physical activity, you know, we all know about endorphins and, and dopamine and how it can help us, you know, kind of ingrained in us ways to fight addiction. So that would be my suggestion there is to understand the truth principle. That's so good and so helpful. When I became familiar with that principle, it had so much to do with understanding that not every voice in my head was a trusted voice and for so many years. So when I heard, first of all, that not every voice is a trusted voice, I felt like liberated because I was like, oh, all this time I thought I was a crazy lady. I, thought, <laughs> I really thought something's going on with me. And I also thought, you know, if I don't have all these voices that are telling me to do better and to not do that, do it like that. And you need to be quiet. And that was too much. And this was too little. And you're not good enough, all that stuff. Then probably I would just stop trying so hard. I really need all that stuff in my head to try really hard so when I realized that was like torment so the truth tool was like here's a tool that you can use to change that dynamic that's going on when you hear a lie terminate that lie yeah and then restore what's really true what would God say about you how would that sound and then unite with God was really uh, eye-opening to me because I'd already heard, well, you say negative thoughts. And if you have a negative one, you say a positive one. But it was made so much sense because I was like, what? Okay, that makes so much sense. It's like being bullied on a playground, right? If the bully comes to bully me and all I have in my arsenal is to say, uh-uh, I'm a nice person. When he says, you, you're a loser, uh-uh, I'm not a loser. He's just going to stay there. But if I say, I'm going to get my big brother, I'm going to go get my dad and my big brother. And what happens when that on a real playground in mortality, if you're being bullied and you say, I'm going to go get them, the bully's like, see ya. Yeah, they run right off. Yeah, I just love that you shared the truth tool. So good. What kind of advice would you give a guy who's just hesitant and unsure about joining Sons of Helaman? Or like, how would he even know? Like, is it time for me to like go to that extreme? Because doesn't that mean I'm like really far gone if I need to go to a group? Or if someone's hesitant, what would you say? Yeah, first off, I'd say I, I, I feel you. I, you're not alone. There are many others that, that feel the same way you do. And that is why you should come to group because there's a brotherhood in, in being amongst others who have similar struggles. It's amazing to me to watch the connection in the guys in group. Right now, being in Rexburg, I have a lot of college students 
Well, guess how old my general is that's running group? He's 14. <laughs> and he, he is taking command and control and telling these college kids to get their act together and they respect him. And it's just such a great brotherhood of individuals who are, are striving to be better and wanting to be held accountable. I, I often hear guys say, well, I can read the book and I can, I can do it myself. Well, that's true. You can, but I believe it's going to be a lot harder because of that accountability factor. And because you're trying to do it alone, the guys in group have a support and a connection with each other where they're texting each other on a weekly basis or daily basis on, Hey, you win in your battles. Why do you fight? And they see each other on campus and, and have that instant connection. And and understand what each other are going through. And that alone, to be able to be in a group where others know what you're feeling, what you're going through, and to be able to say, hey, this is what happened to me this week. And other guys saying, oh, I've, I've been there. I know what that's like. Here's how I overcame it. This is what I did. It's invaluable. So I, I would say, please come, come join us and fight this addiction and be able to overcome it faster. Don't don't wait. The longer you wait, the, the longer you struggle, the longer you suffer. Who wants to sit with a broken arm for weeks on end? Why not go get a cast and get it fixed and be done with it? And then once guys graduate, it's hard for them to leave. They stick around for a while afterwards, and, and I encourage them to. And, and then they can be that captain who helps lead others and, and help strengthen others. Yeah, that's so cool. And once they graduate and become a general, it's free. Just it's free, come. yeah. Why yeah. Why wouldn't you come? <laughs> free. Be, stay part of this brotherhood and be a mentor here. We, we, we need you. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, and what about parents? Is there something you could say to a parent who's thinking, is it really that bad? How do, should I send my, I don't know. Like, what would a parent do if they were wondering? or they knew something was going on, but they, they also were feeling shame and they didn't want to embarrass their son and say, yeah, you are that bad. Yeah, I think you need an addiction recovery group. I think that there's this piece of, I don't know, this is going to sound really insensitive, but it's like, get over yourself. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, what about the broken arm? It's so fun. Right. Yeah. You know, Elder Bednar, I, I've thrown him out a couple of times, but he says, when we fail to give correction, we're only thinking of ourselves. We're not thinking of other people. And if we were truly thinking of others, we would have that conversation. And we would say, son, I'm worried about you. Every other young man has this addiction. They've, they've seen it or they've struggled with it. Talk to me. What, what's going on? And if they say, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm really struggling. I I can't seem to, to beat this. Well, you know what? There's a, there's a group of kids your same age and they meet and they talk about ways to overcome. You know, me being your dad, you may not feel comfortable talking to me about everything. I hope you do, but you know, I, I'm not your age. I'm not going through the exact same things you're going through. These guys in this group, they might be able to help provide some feedback for you. How about you? Go join them and, you know, stop thinking about it as an addiction recovery group. It's a 
group of good young men who are just trying to do the best they can to fight Satan. And we all are. I think every young man ought to be in group. (laughs) So if they're thinking, well, should I send my son? Yeah, send your son. (laughs) Even if he's not quite there. I mean, even if he's just struggling with sexual self-mastery, I think that's one thing people think is when I, when my son goes there, if I'm the guy that goes there, they're going to be talking about really embarrassing things, really inappropriate things. It's about sexual self-mastery. So of course it's going to be about stuff like that. And I don't even like to say the word pornography. I mean, there's just, but I don't think they understand that's not what it looks like at all. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's not, Hey, let's come and talk about how we found it or what we were doing or where we do it. And you know, those type of things it's, Hey, we all acknowledge that this is a problem. We all acknowledge that, that we want to be better. We want to overcome. How do we do that? And, oh, here's a couple things of how to do that. And then, you know, we talk about the manpower goals. Well, I'm having a hard time getting my, my goals completed. Well, here's what I've done. This has helped me, you know, and just sharing and collaborating with each other and, and that spirit of counseling together allows for the spirit to inspire us and with an additional information comes increased revelation and we find ways to beat the, the demon that assails us excellent oh and let's see you've already shared a little bit about bishops and how awesome they are and how they're looking for solutions but is there any advice or just feedback you would give a bishop working with a young man that is thinking, wow, this is, this is a steep climb and I might not have every tool I need here. I would encourage bishops to maybe go back to Captain Moroni and think about Captain Moroni and, you know, receive bishops are incredible. They have that mantle, they have that understanding and they can receive revelation for their ward members. But, you know, think about how can I help this young man or young woman to find a reason for fighting? How can I help them want to overcome this? And if they're in your office telling you, then they have a reason for fighting and and helping them develop that and build that and and gain enough strength that they they can be able to withstand the adversary when, when he comes to attack that they can use that reason for fighting and it can be strong enough that they're able to withstand. That's so wonderful. Oh, I wish you, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, I wish you could see Tyler's eyes when he talks because you can tell he truly is like, man, I feel strongly about these things. I do, um, I do. (laughs) And yeah, I can see that if someone were in your group and were fighting right alongside you, you would, I could see this language coming from you. It makes me kind of emotional, but it is this, you know what? I'm right here. I'm not leaving your side. We're doing this together. You're doing all the work, but I'm right here. I'm going to help you remember. I'm going to help you. And you don't have to do this alone. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and mom and dad, we all know mom and dad are always going to be there. They're always going to love us. And so, we know that if we go to them, they'll strengthen us. But sometimes we need we need to know that others care. And 
I promise you, your bishop cares. And, and we as clinicians and running group, we care. And other young men, other warriors, they care. And knowing that so many care about you and are willing to fight right alongside with you, it gives you so much strength and so much hope that, hey, I can do this. I'm not alone. So excellent. Yeah, so I was going to ask you to answer the Q1 question that you let us out with. But before I do, I just wondered if, I know I don't look like a young man. Here I am with my not young man look. But if I were a young man and you were just standing just with me and, and you were just telling the young man, come on, get over here. Just get over here. What would you say to that young man? I wish I had my 14-year-old captain here with me to, to tell you his experience, but, but I'll try to relate what he said the other night. He said that when he first started dealing with the, the addiction, he looked at God as a punishing God, as somebody who was unreachable, somebody who didn't really care about him and his individual needs, and that you know God wasn't really aware of where he was at. And through doing his prayer and in group, he started to develop this relationship and this understanding that I, I have a God who loves me. He cares about me. He's provided resources and help for me to be able to overcome all of my sins and to watch him gain that relationship with his heavenly father and to be able to become a captain where he's graduated and to be able to encourage other young men now that, hey, there is a Heavenly Father who loves you, who cares about you, who knows what you're going through, and he wants you to be better and to find hope. So I would tell that young man, come, come join us, come join the fight and, and, and find that hope, find that peace that comes from living a worthy life. Wow, so good. Well... Tyler, tell us, why do you fight? I fight for my family. I fight for my wife and my children. I fight to be a priesthood leader in my home. One who can have a home where Satan's influence does not dwell. I, I fight to be an example to others around me. I fight to have the light of Christ in my life. I fight for every young man dealing with this addiction and wanting to become better. I fight for my Heavenly Father. I fight to have that relationship with Him to where I can return to live with Him and, and I will recognize Him and he'll, he'll know me. I fight for my Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I know that He suffered for me to better understand what I'm going through. And I fight to, to show Him of my love and, and accept his atonement in my, my life. And that's why I fight. That's why I don't give up. Thank you so much. And I'm sure that if, if guys are in your group, probably an added bonus is that you help them make a title of liberty out of deerskin. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that, yes. I have made my own title of liberty out of deerskin and burned in the leather. And yes, if you come to my group, you'll see that. 
That's so cool. Next time I come to Rexburg, I'm going to make sure I have your number in my phone and say, I'm here. Where is your office? I want to see that thing. Awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much.